0: Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a series aimed at shining a light on the difficulties that councils are facing across the UK at the moment as they try to do ever more with increasingly less budgets. Now in today's episode I wanted to do uh, a real focus around section 114. I've had a lot of people messaging me um, over the last week asking about this topic and it's a really, really interesting piece. We're going to have a couple of um, Directors of Finance, Section 151 officers, to talk about this over the next coming months. But it's an area that is getting a huge amount of attention from SIPFA and from other um, finance organisations. Um, and essentially, it is probably one of the most important topics that are happening at the moment in local government. And, and why is that? Well, let's start by saying what it is. a Section 151... A section 114 notice is where the chief financial officer, referred to as a section 114 officer, notifies the council that they are heading for a breach of the legal requirement to balance the revenue budget. And we are seeing this increasingly across the UK as more and more councils, we'll get into more detail on this, but essentially are getting to the point where they're going to declare bankruptcy. And it is an absolutely terrifying situation because what happens when a council declares a section 114 is they've got to balance the books they've got to they've got to get themselves back into a financial situation where you know it's not the private sector they can't fail but frontline services are cut and that affects the lives of you at home it affects children it affects adults it affects every single person in that community and you know councils don't want to be in this situation now a bit of background context for you Northamptonshire County Council was the first council to issue, to issue a section 114 notice in the modern era. Now, that all we would describe as a normal failure where governance and leadership failed to make savings, raise taxes or see the risks in time. The consequence of um, that section 114 notice was the creation of two new unitary councils, North Northamptonshire and West Northamptonshire Council. And they took the remaining councils in that area and made them um, into those two unitaries. And essentially, the other councils who were in a good financial situation had to absorb the debt that had been accrued over a billion pounds. Now, the question that is being asked a lot is uh, from a lot of the listeners is what has been done so far uh, in response to the, the increasing amount of section 114s that we have seen uh, recently uh, in Northamptonshire, Croydon, Slough, Thurrock, and Woking. Well, the first thing to discuss really here is the pickles reforms. The Redmond, Redmond Review recommended government restores strong local public audit. Through higher fees specialist public sector skills and closing the backlog of an audited account that is a critical critical part and at the moment the issue we've got is that audits are we've got an absolute backlog okay like it, it, it's the, the scale of it is terrifying we have still got in some cases um, you know uh, audits from 2021 that are still not being completed so that's the the first thing that's being done um, and, and is being pushed the second part, that SIPFA and the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities and the Treasury have strengthened borrowing and prudential rules. So essentially, for those of you at home, previously, when the central government said to local government, we're going to reduce the amount of money we're going to give you each year, they were told to go out and find money. And they allowed them to borrow money at very, very low interest rates, but to go and make commercial investments. The knock-on effect of that has been, some of those investment decisions were not the right ones, and it has left a lot of councils in some very difficult situations, not including the fact that obviously we've got COVID, which has rocked kind of the, the amount of rent arrears that a normal council would have where people aren't paying their their uh, their rent. Now, if you're going to borrow money, it's got to be for regeneration purposes, um, and there are far more rules around it. So it's gone to the days where literally it was a, a free-for-all, take as much money as you want at low interest, Um, but again I always go back to this point you've got to remember why they weren't doing it just because they were being chaotic or that you know they, they wanted to take more risks they were doing it because they couldn't deliver the services that they would need to deliver in the coming years without increasing the amount of investment that would come through buying commercial property and driving the income into the council but it is important that those rules have been put in place. And in some times, when I speak to my client base, you know, they say, look, you, do, you don't want a few to ruin it for the many because some have made some really great investment decisions. And you'll see from the previous episode with Steve um, Kaplan, who talks in more detail about that. Um, but there has to be a consequence. Thirdly, SIPFA has strengthened the continuing professional development framework for CFOs, introducing the Resilience Index, and the financial management code. So it's ensuring that those who are running financial services in councils are absolutely best trained and are the cutting edge of how to run these large, complex organisations with absolutely massive budgets. And They dwarf the majority of private sector companies in terms of the amount of revenue that they are looking after, and therefore they need to make sure that they are trained to the absolute nth degree. Fourthly, The Department for Leveling Up is strengthening the best value framework as evidenced by their recent consultation, while the Office for Local Government, (Oflog) will provide data in advance of failure and government will take earlier action via warning notices. So there's a continued, essentially, effort by central government to almost create a safety net, um, whereby issues are identified earlier and hopefully, therefore, councils can get themselves out of the precarious situation they find themselves in um they've also obviously got peers that are supporting kind of with, with um with the LGA as well. Um but it's trying to create that safety mechanism at an earlier point intervening to ensure that councils don't hit the wall, that steps are taken, and they don't issue a section one one four notice. The Department for Levelling Up has also agreed capitalisation requests are gonna be allowed to avoid further Section One One Four notices and introduced monitoring of these as well as highly leveraged councils. So not all of these have been implemented yet, especially the Redmond recommendations. There's a really great guy, um, Rob Whiteman, who's the chief exec of for the Chartered Institute of Public Finance and Accountancy. who um, kind of talks about the fact that the backlog of audits is something on which ministers will wish to take decisive action. So do we think we're going to see more Section 1 or 4 notices, even with the changes and the the consequent uh, new implementers' rules and support that's been implemented? There may be some that come from the back of the investment decisions that were made pre-COVID. So the fact is, the matter is that some of these councils still have large commercial portfolios that are not properly balanced or the risk is not properly balanced, and therefore we may still see some of these councils where excessive risks were taken, that breach prudential guidance, um, we, may, we may still see more Section 114. But most of them that are going to hit the wall already have. It feels as if we've now reached a certain level of stability in the local government space. And we may see councils that come close to Section 114. But actually, we hope that with the continued focus and resources that are being put into the space, there will be a way to avoid councils declaring bankruptcy and I think it's a really important need to focus that you know it doesn't become normalized as more and more councils issue section one one four. The central government has to really be careful and to not say that you know that and, and not to that councils then become you know well, we'll just declare section one one four you know before Northamptonshire county Council it wasn't heard of. It was massively, massively um, something that you know councils would go above and beyond to avoid. You've got to make sure a real effort to ensure that you know it doesn't become an option that they're, you know an easy way out. We need to build transparency and trust in public services, and the way to do that is through effective governance and assurance. That is absolutely essential. So, what should the sector do? And Rob Whiteman's done some really great points on this in the recent MJR school. He's given five recommendations that he personally feels need to be implemented. So, firstly, the good practice we see around managing company structures, regeneration schemes, and investment portfolios should be made mandatory. We need to see our towns and cities renewed, infrastructure monetized, and vibrant economic and cultural hubs developed or enhanced. But, these schemes must be sound and wash their face in terms of business cases and benefits realization too. They can't be unable to justify the commercial reality. You can't run off and spend loads of money with no risk management it has to It has to be properly governed that's how you rebuild trust. Legislation is definitely needed to equip the sector with professional audit committees that have a clear line of sight to decision making. Section one five one officers and the chief financial officers must have public accreditation if they are not for trained, and the mandatory uh, position of monitoring officer has to be has to be involved in all the decision making processes. There has to be a clear set of collective expectations, standards, and training for the effective operation of the three corporate strategy officers working together. So that golden triangle we talked about in the previous episodes, they have to really come together to ensure that the public purse is being protected. And again, we've now got an opportunity to redefine what good looks like this side of the election and obviously after the election. We need to be looking to create sustainable, resilient and empowered and accountable systems of, financial, of council finances. If we're going to give councils freedom and transparency, we've got to give them support to properly thrive in the post-COVID world. So that's a bit more about section 114. Um, A few of the topics that I am keen just to give a little bit of a quick shout-out to, I'm conscious of time. I think we're going to see uh, a real focus and a real push needed for the rollout of electric vehicle charging point installations. So um, the RPC partner, Elizabeth Albalali said, the slow pace of EV installations by local authorities is a real concern. The target for installing 300,000 public electric vehicle charges by 2030 does not look like it will happen. Some good news. Sanwell Council. Minister Lee Rowley has backed the decision by government-appointed commissioners to reduce the amount of time they spend at Sunwell MBC. And this is a classic example of early intervention to support councils to get them back on their fees and then allow them to continue that transformation process. Now, one thing that's very close to my heart is um, the issue we're having at the moment with mental health call-outs. And pressure is mounting on ministers to delay police plans to withdraw from attending non-emergency mental health call-outs. The councils, the NHS, charities, everybody is massively concerned. The chairman of the LGA's Community Wellbeing Board, David Fothergill, said, and I quote, Mental health services are funded via councils. Social care budgets, which are already under considerable pressure, to deliver the best care possible for those experiencing a mental health crisis. There needs to be alternative community services and they need to be fully funded across the UK. I think the chaos that will come from this cannot be overstated we need to truly inspect and look at how we're going to fund these services if the police aren't going out to them so that's something that i think needs to be really addressed and something that i'm keen to ask most of the guests that are coming on about what they would do and what their recommendations are finally the last thing i'm going to talk about is a recent study which i found absolutely fascinating Um, around the relationship between politicians and officers. So there is a consultancy called Cratus, uh, C-R-A-T-U-S, and they found that 42% of politicians believed that office member relationships were not functioning as they should be and there was significant room for improvement of that, the majority of that 42% were senior officers. It's a really interesting dynamic between the electors and the um, the officers of a council. One is re- elected by the people, and the other is a professional expert there to protect um, the direction of the council and to provide the guidance to the council that their professional skills it provides. It's trying to build long term plans on four year political cycles when it's done right and it's done well politicians coming together with members and officers sorry with officers it can create beautiful beautiful outcomes but if it's done badly which it appears that it is happening throughout the country in 42% of cases there has been a link to that count not performing as well but look that's all we've got time for today thank you very much for listening If you've enjoyed the podcast, please give it a like and share. And if you have any topics that you'd like covered, please drop me an email or add me on LinkedIn and drop me a message. But thank you for listening and have a great day.